0: We're getting to know about the antichrist today on Abounding Grace. This is grace.
1: Done for me.
0: We're told in the Bible that the Antichrist will come onto the scene at the beginning of the Great Tribulation. He'll promise peace and the world will embrace him. Today on Abounding Grace, we will introduce you to this coming global leader as part of our study in Daniel. Pastor Ed Taylor will speak on his appearance and authority.
1: So, if you're ready, let's dive into it now. Daniel chapter 7, Revelation chapter 13. In a Bible study that I've entitled, Introducing the Antichrist, Part 1. Because in our study so far in Daniel, we've entered into that part of Daniel that's prophetic. The first part of Daniel is more personal. We're seeing how God will bless a person, protect a person. we see how a person could go through the fires of life, who can be in the lion's den. And then the second part of Daniel is prophetic. And we've studied in the last couple of chapters... Uh, some dreams that Daniel's received and the prophetic significance of them. And in the dream, notice in chapter 7 of verse 7, remember it says, and I'm reading from the New Living, it says, Then in my vision that night I saw a fourth beast, terrifying, dreadful, and very strong. It devoured and crushed its victims with huge iron teeth and trampled their remains beneath its feet. It was different from any of the other beasts, It had ten horns. And as I was looking at the horns, verse 8, suddenly another small horn appeared among them. Three of the first horns were torn out by the roots to make room for it, and this little horn had eyes like a human eyes and a mouth that was boasting arrogantly. And I watched as thrones were put in place, and the Ancient One sat down to judge. His clothing was as white as snow, his hair purest wool, And he sat on a fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire. Jump over to verse 21 in chapter 7. It says, As I watched, this horn was waging war against God's holy people and was defeating them until the Ancient One, the Most High, came and judged in favor of his holy people. And then the time arrived for the holy people to take over the kingdom. And then he said to me, This fourth beast is the fourth world power that will rule the earth. It will be different from all the others. It will devour the whole world, trampling and crushing everything in its path. Its ten horns are ten kings who will rule that empire. Then another king will arise, different from the other ten, who will subdue three of them. He'll defy the Most High and oppress the holy people of the Most High. He will try to change their sacred festivals and laws. And they will be placed under his control for a time, times, and half a time. Verse 26. But when the court will pass judgment, and all his power will be taken away and completely destroyed, then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be given to the holy people of the Most High. His kingdom will last forever, and all the rulers will serve and obey him. We were introduced in his vision to this interesting horn. As he's laying out, remember, the successive kingdoms all the way to the end of the the last days where the revived Roman Empire will come. And from within that revived Roman Empire will be this horn. And we learn that this horn is none other than the Antichrist. But there are other parts in the Bible that describe the Antichrist. And today we want to pause and look more in depth in who this man is And take a couple of weeks to see how he's described. So turn over to Revelation chapter 6, and we'll see as he comes on the scene during the great tribulation period. Revelation chapter 6, we're introduced to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And the very first one is the Antichrist himself. Notice Revelation 6, verse 1. As I watched, the Lamb broke the first of the seven seals on the scroll. And then I heard one of the living beings saying with a voice like thunder, Come! And I looked up and saw a white horse standing there. Its rider carried a bow, and a crown was placed on his head. And he rode out, rode out to win many battles and gain the victory. This guy's a very violent, battle-weary man. Notice uh, in verse 3, we have the second seal, the next horse, and on. Flip over now to chapter 13. In chapter 13, we get insights on who he is, and the question we ask would say, well, then why would we spend so much time looking at the Antichrist? How could that possibly be relevant to us? Now, remember, when we're studying prophecy, we're reminded that God's word is sure and steadfast and reliable, that what God says comes to pass, that what God predicts will come to pass. And God has given us insights on who this man is. Now, I don't believe that it's God's will for us to be trying to guess who the Antichrist is. I don't believe it's God's will for us as believers to be looking for the Antichrist. I believe that it's our responsibility to make a decision and a choice daily, moment by moment, to look for Jesus Christ and His soon return. However, as we're looking to Jesus Christ, we need to remember that, Jesus has his enemies. Do you have your enemies, anybody? Yes. Yeah, we have enemies. Some are personal. Some are more global. There are enemies of the cross. And because you're a lover of the cross, there are enemies in your life. Unfortunately, some among us might have personal enemies where there's just issues going on and people have taken sides. People have taken sides against you. Well, Jesus also has enemies and imposters. And the greatest imposter of Jesus Christ is the Antichrist. Now, if you're taking notes, the prefix anti basically has two meanings. And the Antichrist fills both of these many meanings. Number one, the prefix anti can mean against. So that when he's referred to as the Antichrist, which actually is not a word that's used that much in the New Testament, as we'll see, it's only used a couple of times. But using this word to describe him, he certainly takes a position against Jesus Christ. And the people that follow Jesus, number one. But number two, the word, the prefix anti can also mean in place of. So not just against, but in place of. And certainly the Antichrist wants to take the place of Jesus Christ in the lives of many people. So, chapter 13 introduces us or reintroduces us to a man who comes on the scene at the beginning of the great tribulation period. We've already met him back in chapter 6, and also in Daniel. And in Revelation, he comes on the scene riding this white horse, causing war. You could say that the Antichrist is Satan's Messiah, his imitation of Jesus. And the word Antichrist only appears in the Bible five times in four different verses. 1 John chapter 2 verse 18, chapter 2 verse 22, chapter 4 verse 3, And 2 John, verse 7, hold your place in Revelation, go over to 2 John, or excuse me, 1 John with me. So everything from Revelation is going to be to the left. So go to the left, 1 John, notice with me in verse, chapter 2, verse 18. It says, Dear children, the last hour is here, and you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. And already many such antichrists have appeared. And from this we know that the last hour has come. So you have, if you notice, you have one that's capitalized, referring to a specific person, but along the line... You're going to meet a lot of people that are against Jesus Christ and you're going to meet a lot of people that are trying to take the place. False teachers, false prophets. There's an environment as the coming of the Lord gets closer, there will be more and more antichrist spirit, antichrist people leading to the one. And the antichrist ushers in a new world order, a one world government that's used to control people during the Great Tribulation period. And although we don't know the Antichrist's exact name, throughout the Bible, there are 50 different titles given to the Antichrist. 50 different ways, at least, that he's described in the Bible. He's known as the son of perdition. He's known as the wicked one. He's known as the seed of the serpent, and on and on. And John himself is the one, as we've seen, is the one that gives us the title Antichrist. And I know when you mention the phrase Antichrist, if you want to talk about this at work tomorrow, uh, you're going to meet some people that want to make fun of you. They're going to mock you about it. And they'll they'll probably laugh at you, make fun of you behind your back. They, They put the Antichrist up with people like, you know, Peter Pan and aliens. It's like, you believe in the Antichrist, you probably believe in aliens too. But listen, the Bible says that he is a real person. And there are distinctive descriptions given about this person. And he, the Bible says that the world will embrace him and accept him. Because you understand a simple view of the world today, you can see that in all the uneasiness, people are looking for a person to help. And we certainly see it in our own country through the election cycle. There are people looking to a man, looking to a person to answer all of their problems. Uh, looking to a person to bring some sort of peace into their life or some sort of success. And you see that the world is so interconnected today, unlike any other time, that the Antichrist will come on the scene at a time of great upheaval. I don't want you to forget this. Many times this is overlooked. The rapture of the church, the doctrine we believe that Jesus Christ will return for his church prior to, to the seven-year great tribulation period where Jesus returns for his saints, which then seven years later, he'll return with his saints, the second coming. We've studied that in depth in Revelation, Thessalonians. You can study it there for, for if you want to go deeper. But the rapture of the church is going to be a cataclysmic event. It is going to wreak chaos on the world. I mean, you just imagine the, a billion believers immediately removed from the earth immediately in a moment's time. And all the different places believers will be, driving cars, flying planes, navigating boats, the, the, the movement of people out of the earth is gonna be cataclysmic. And you know, the world's already being set up for the idea that, you know, what happened to all these people? The aliens came and got them. They fell off the edge of the flat earth or whatever it's gonna be. It's already kind of set up to say it couldn't have been What God predicted thousands of years before. And with the cataclysmic event, you remember those of you who studied the Great Tribulation, the first part of the Great Tribulation period is going to be a calm time. It's going to bring chaos into calmness, then the fullness of the wrath judgments of God. It's going to be unbelievable. And the man that is going to be used as a puppet of the devil is this guy known as the Antichrist. And over the years, people have tried to guess who it is. They've tried to add up numbers of the letters of your name and and looking at different people. All throughout history, people have tried to guess. But personally, I don't care who the Antichrist is. I'm not spending a lot of time trying to figure it out. But it is interesting, is not? That there are certain people that can bring a global connection. I mean, if you want to look for just a picture of what that looks like, think of a person that is globally known as a music artist. That, that can fill stadiums around the world, that can garner following of people, no matter what the language is, no matter what the economy is. There's literally millions upon millions of people following celebrities, following musical artists, following sports figures. Uh, the, what happens when the world comes together and countries come together for the Olympics? It's very possible, considering the world in which we live, that has been shrunk down through technology, And the ability to connect with people, it always, it it always, I'm never shocked or like I'm never, I never lose the shock of being able to pull out my phone. I'm on the other side of the world. And like on this last trip, I pulled out the phone and FaceTimed my daughter. I'm on the, I'm I'm 10,000 miles away and I have a phone in my hand. I hit a button and my daughter pops up and I can talk to her when she's on that side of the world, and I'm on that side of the world. We take that for granted, but that's like amazing. Amazing. And the things that are happening behind the scenes, you know, some of you that are in the military are privy to knowledge that you can't tell us, of some of the things, some of the tools you have, some of the things you're into, some of the things that exist. It's unbelievable. And it's very easy to understand how a world will embrace someone that promises them peace. And you know what will be the most amazing thing that Antichrist is able to do, and that is to bring peace in the Middle East and make a way for the Jews to rebuild their temple. We were just there not too many days ago sitting in the presentation of the Temple Institute, a group of, of conservative religious Jews that are at any moment waiting to rebuild a temple. They are ready. I mean, they are serious about it. And in their view of the rebuilding of the temple, which the Bible predicts a temple will exist in the great tribulation period. If you go to Israel with us on the Temple Mount, there is no temple. Instead, what do you see? A big gold dome, a mosque. There's actually two mosques on the Temple Mount. And the, Jew, the Temple Institute believes, these people believe that the temple would be rebuilt without the golden dome there. And they're committed to it. We don't quite know how it's going to happen, but the Antichrist is going to be empowered by the devil himself to bring peace in the Middle East and help the Jews rebuild their temple. He's going to make an agreement with them. They're going to sign on trusting him. And then halfway through the Great Tribulation period, he's going to break his agreement. It's amazing things. So let's look at a few things of the Antichrist, considering what we learn. Verse 1. First of all, we want to know what is his appearance Then I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. It had seven heads and ten horns and ten crowns on its horns. And written on each head were names that blasphemed God. The Antichrist here is typified as a beast. The word for beast he used here isn't a word used for cattle or pets. It's a Greek word that describes a wild, untamed, ferocious beast. And he's pictured as a rather weird monster with seven heads and ten horns and ten crowns. Very similar to, in Revelation chapter 12, the dragon that we saw. Because the dragon and the Antichrist, the beast, are tight. And a beast is the best description for who the Antichrist really is. The world won't see this at first. But we do because God gives the insights behind the scenes. Let me just say this. If there's a situation in your life right now that that you don't know what's happening behind the scenes, you can pray and ask God to give you revelation of what's happening behind the scenes. Because you know, not everything meets the eye. We are, many times we just settle for what we see. But not everything is as it appears. There is a spiritual dynamic behind even the things that you see with your eyes. And if there's just one of those areas where the Holy Spirit alarm is just firing off and you're not quite sure what's going on, you can ask For God to give you the manifestation of the discerning of spirits so that you can know what's happening in the spiritual realm. God may or may not give that to you. You're only presented with what's physical, but you can ask for it. And I think we don't ask enough to say, God, what's happening here? I don't wrestle against flesh or blood. It can't just be about the person. Why has this person gone sideways? Why have they all of a sudden changed? Why are they say? well, what's going on, Lord? It can't just be the person. What's happening spiritually? Put me in a position to help them. Give me insight on their lives. It's a fascinating thing when God does that. It's amazing. And so here we are, we have insight. God has given us insight ahead of the time to say, man, this guy and anyone opening the Bible will be able to see that God is described. That will not be a surprise to those that know the Bible. He's a wild, venomous, dangerous beast who's just waiting to pounce his prey. As one commentator said, he will be an insolent intimidator, devious, possessing a power not his own, a fierce destroyer of his victims, and so arrogant that he will dare even to oppose the prince of princes. And he's known in verse one with this on his head is written names that blaspheme God.
0: We're going through Daniel one verse at a time with Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. Before we part ways today, a few things we want to tell you about. If you'd like to hear today's message again, log on to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Again, we're on the web at AboundingGraceRadio.com. You can also download our free app and access our teachings that way. Search for Calvary Aurora. Pastor Ed, I want to take you back to something you spoke briefly about today, and that is the rebuilding of the temple. You said there are efforts underway to prepare for that. Would you elaborate so our listeners can get a better picture of just how close we are to seeing this
1: come to fruition? Well, you know, Larry, every year that we're able, we take a group to Israel and we walk the land ourselves, uh, taking a 10-day tour. Uh, and, And I know the question's about rebuilding the temple, but you should come to Israel with us. We would love to have you come to Israel. Uh, we Our next trip is planned in February of 2021. You can always call the office and see if there are spots available. If not, you can get on the waiting list because it's every year it seems that those that want to go, that God really wants to go, end up going. And we're going to be going to Israel in February of 2021, Lord willing, the doors all open. And a part of the tour is a specific visit to a place in the old city of Jerusalem known as the Temple Institute. And the Temple Institute are a group of of Jews who have come together with the sole purpose of hastening the rebuilding of the final temple. And in their minds, God has enlisted them to ready the way, to prepare the way for the rebuilding of the temple. And we go in, uh, in in the years previously, they used to have young interns do the tour, but now it's all electronic. You go from room to room. They show you the various elements and implements that they have already reproduced. They are ready on display. You can see them with your own eyes to be ready at the moment of the groundbreaking of the rebuilding of the final temple spoken of in the scriptures. Now, of course... This is not a temple that God has approved of. It is a temple that God will use to hasten in the final days because it'll have animals they they plan on having animal sacrifices again. they plan on on having studies and teachings and uh the whole thing and you go through the whole thing. you can actually have a website and go to the temple Institute. Uh, I don't know the exact website, but you can google it Temple Institute and you can see it with your own eyes of pictures that they've posted. Uh, and their philosophy, they believe that the temple will be the place of world unity. It's kind of a new age thing that they're they're hooked into where they just think the building is going to speak to the world. Uh, and they they now, considering what's happening, isn't this interesting, Larry, in the days in which we live with the recent Abraham Accord that uh, and the treaty that was signed by Israel and the UAE and a few other countries, isn't it interesting now? that there's even talk of and it's just talk believe me but but it's amazing that they're talking about it that they may they're talking about building the temple next to the dome of the rock which there is a theory that you can rebuild the temple on the temple mount with the dome of the rock being in the court of the gentiles so technically it all can be uh, it all Now, of course, there's. it can all be okay, but of course there are those that are uh, radical in, in Israel today, Jewish uh, people that say, no way, we've got to get rid of the Dome of the Rock. But at any rate, we are close. Uh, it, we are seeing things in our generation that we've never seen before, and it's easy to get distracted. We've got all kinds of things with the COVID and the political cycle and all of that to distract us and to take us away. But listen, church, we got to be busy about the Father's business, that's our mandate, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you are seeing things with your own eyes and will continue to see them in this generation until the rapture of the church that no other generation has ever seen before. And we need to be readied people. We need to be a readied people, bringing as many people with us, ready for the rapture, ready for the kingdom of God, ready for the culmination of time and history. And what a time to live. May we be faithful men and women in the word, loving people, sharing the gospel. God bless you guys.
0: Thanks, Pastor Ed. Our featured resource is an excellent book by Max Lucado called In the Grip of Grace. You know, we all make mistakes and sin. And it's about that time we so often feel guilty and make a determination to try harder so it doesn't happen again. But there's another path you can take, one that actually works and it's detailed for you in the grip of grace. God's grace, it's something we need not only to get into the family of God, but to live as we should. Request a copy of In the Grip of Grace when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. You might think of it as our way of saying thank you. You can do that by calling 877-30-GRACE. Again, our toll-free number, 877-30-GRACE. You may not realize this, but we are listener supported. And each dollar that's sent in is an investment in what God is doing through Abounding Grace. You'll be helping people all across the nation and world become a man or woman that God can use. You can make a donation online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Don't miss our next study in Daniel. It's going to be a good one. That's right here on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace.